This is WCN. The Whole Care Network. You talk. We listen. Content presented on the following podcast is for information purposes only. Views and opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent views of the Whole Care Network. Always consult your physician for medical and fitness advice, and always consult your attorney for legal advice. And thank you for listening to the Whole Care Network. We should dream big, but make it happen in small bites. We all have our stories, and by sharing them, we can truly show the power of the human spirit. It is May, ALS Awareness Month, and this is the second episode of Gratitude to Latitude, Stories of Resilience and Hope in honor of May and in honor of the amazing individuals I know who are not only living an amazing life, but living it also while challenged by ALS. So my first guest today reminds me of a quote by the man himself, John Lennon. And that is, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. And I know my friend Gujan, who I'm going to introduce shortly, has dreamt up many adventures and has made them happen. One that I was the very blessed recipient of. We're gonna talk a little bit about that. Gujan lives with ALS in Iceland. I know there were many volcano eruptions that were taking place there, so we'll hear about that as well. He has a beautiful wife, Hala, talented children and grandchildren to boot. Gujan. My friend, welcome to the podcast, Gratitude to Latitude. Thank you, Jordi. Always a pleasure to meet you. I have to say, just from the beginning, it's a pleasure just seeing your face. It's been way too long since we've united at a conference and had the chance to shake hands and hug and say hello. So It's great to see you, and I know that we'll share the wonderful picture of you and your bio when we share this podcast, but I'd like to begin because the way that I think of you is that you have a bold laugh, a big heart, and a daring spirit, and I'd like to go back to something that happened in your childhood that perhaps brought out in you this daring spirit. I almost want to say that you're a little mischievous, although that's to be determined, but you are just the epitome of adventure, fun, and smiles. So did something happen when you were younger that inspired this sense of adventure in you? Well, many things. My life was adventure. In itself, 
every day living on a small island outside the main island called Westman Ayers. And uh, there I was from the day I was born until I was 13 when a volcano erupted on the island and we literally had to run to the boat and the boat took us to the mainland and then I ended up in Reykjavik and never moved back there. And of course, that was the decision of my mother. Houses and cars don't matter in your life. It's friendship and family taking together that will be with you when you trouble like ALS or some minor obstacles. Wow. So you literally had to run from a volcano. You were a teenager. What did you grab? Or didn't you have time to grab anything? It was a careless time for me in a sense that we did not realize how serious this was because we talked about at last we have something to talk about in school but my mother soon grabbed us took us to the boat and we really had to hurry because the volcano was at any minute really going to close the harbor. So we were not able to go that way. But thank God no one died in this this volcano and we are still here. I am so glad you're still here as well, of course. And I know that there were more volcanoes erupting recently in Iceland. How are you doing there? How's everyone doing? It's an easy one, this one. It's a, what we call a tourist volcano. It's something spectacular to see and look at a few hours from the Earth, but it's no danger to any populated area. I saw pictures of it on online, and that's funny. It's a tourist volcano. It looks pretty dangerous, but it does look beautiful, and I'm so glad that no one is in harm's way. Oh, yeah. So... I met you, I don't know, maybe seven years ago. We were both at a conference, and I don't remember what state or country we were in, but because we both 
have our lives have been affected by ALS and we're both advocates. We were mm-hmm. at the ALS MND International Alliance Conference, and that's where we yeah. met. I immediately appreciated your sense of humor, your enormous mm-hmm. spirit, and your dedication and inspiration to live life to the fullest. Yeah, thank you. And soon after we met, you did something completely crazy. <laughs> so, what was that? <laughs> what was it? So, as everyone in the audience knows, I'm the founder of Hope Loves Company. And I was talking about presenting a um, workshop on children caregivers whose lives have been affected by ALS. And you said you wanted to chat with me. And what did you propose? I was wondering why don't you come to Iceland to this camp for meetings and we could learn from you and you probably from us. So that was our task for the next month to make that real. (laughs) So you spent a year at your own doing, scheduling a beautiful program, inviting 16 of us, children, and also the staff of Hope Loves Company, to Iceland, and while we were there for five days, treated us like royalty. You made an experience happen that I can guarantee would never have happened for probably 95% of us. Yeah, it was, uh, it was wonderful to have you over and make this possible for those of you who could never dream about doing something like this. And you remember also what I said, that you wanted to have meetings and meetings and teach us and learn from us. But I said also, we must enjoy life and enjoy your visit. And look at Iceland, nature, and so on. And I think we managed to do both. I agree, Gushin. And I know that it was an amazing respite for our children, three of whom lost a parent to ALS as soon as they returned to the United States. Yeah. And so I agree, you you managed to do both for us. And I am completely in awe and in gratitude of what you were able to accomplish. And it, it empowers me to, to continue to dream big. Well, we should dream big, but make it happen in small bites like this trip was supported by so many people and farms and made this possible. So uh, I hope we can do it again sometime. 
I do as well. Thank you for that invitation. We'll talk about that for sure. So while in Iceland, you taught us something that I did not know, and that is about your surname. Could you explain how you get your last name in Iceland? Yeah, that's easy. Because I am Gurdjian Sigurdsson. So my father's name, first name, was Sigurd. Sigurd, I am the son of Sigurd. And uh, I have three daughters, and they have their first name, and they are all Gurdjian's daughters, daughter of me. So, and they keep their names, even if they marry or whatever. Oh, so, so when you when you marry, you don't take, traditionally, as some women do, don't take the name of your husband. You keep the uh, last name of your father. Yeah. Why yeah. should you take the name of your husband's <laughs> family? <laughs> We are talking equal rights for women, and I'm all for that because I am surrounded by women, my daughters, my wife, my mother, all are heroes in my mind, and I want equal rights for them. Well, I appreciate that. And I know you've raised three amazing, you and Hala have raised three amazing daughters who are very talented. So they are very lucky to have both you and Hala for parents and your last name indeed. Yeah, well, uh, well, my first name as their last name. <laughs> So, you know, we are talking about you and you are so much more than ALS, but I do want to talk a little bit about ALS awareness. If there, when, first of all, when were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed in 2004. And then I was diagnosed with a pulpar ALS. Did you say bulbar? Yes. So I was counting my days, really. But then that didn't kill me. So they changed that into ALS, regular ALS. And that did not kill me. And so now I am diagnosed with the best possible of this dreadful disease, TL. So here I am, and I'm going to live until old age and just working on it all every day to find a cure to the damn thing. 
And I appreciate you working every day. So I'm going to go back for a second. Bulbar ALS, for those who don't know, is when the um, disease starts in your um, upper respiratory. And so that timeline is shorter. Usually people who live with bulbar ALS, because it affects the lungs eventually and the respiratory system, live on an average of one, two, three years. So that's the most severe form of ALS. And you went from yeah. being told you had the most severe to the actual yeah. slowest form of ALS, yeah. which which is called primary. Yeah. Primary yeah. ALS. So yeah. that's that's good and it's also rare. Yeah. Very rare. Somehow I got this rare disease because I was going very fast or steep slope, slope down until I just stopped and hit the bottom somehow. And since then, I'm pretty much the same. So you were able to, and somehow it, it was, your disease has not progressed. No. Well, uh, I... Very slow, very slowly. So I'm fighting cancer and other small things uh, on the side from the PLS or ALS. I know this disease, it's a good segue, this disease has not in any way slowed you down. So I know that you have gone cave diving. You have also gone scuba diving. You have also created a video that took you two years to create, which ended with you in a wheelchair at the top of the highest peak in Iceland by yourself, which I must say, I can't breathe when I look at you by yourself at the top of that mountain because all I think is, oh my gosh, is Gushin going to fall? <laughs> I'm so nervous for you, even though that happened a while ago and you were perfectly yeah. safe. So first of all, what propels you to create these enormous adventures and what is it like to make them happen? I'm always thrilled to make something new happen. But it's getting fewer and fewer on my bucket list because I'm doing it all so fast. But it's all done with my working colleagues, colleagues and friends and family who support me all the way. And I'm just thinking that everyone wants to go to the highest peak of Iceland. So why not me? And that was then something to solve. And we made it. We also made it down to this volcano, uh, not erupting at the time, but we, we went there down this 
100 from meters just uh, enjoying myself challenging something people say this is not possible it's it's always possible to just have to find a way to solve many problems on the way. So just so everyone knows, ALS has has caused you to have slurred speech or slowed speech. You were also in a wheelchair, is that correct? Yes. Okay, so you're in a wheelchair. Now, is that the same wheelchair that you were pictured in? Because I'm sharing these videos, by the way, on on our website. Um, it's uh, not the same because it, uh, I'm everyday wheelchair is an electric one. Uh, so it was not possible to take that 500 kilo machine after. So we had this teeny uh, wheelchair with So you're you're in a wheelchair on the top of the highest peak in Iceland. Hopefully the brakes are on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and when the helicopter that drops you off flies away, you can see how high you are. Anyone who yeah. has a fear of heights is going to gasp when they see this picture. And they will see the picture and the video. Yeah. And what are you holding, Gujan, in your hand? I'm holding a, a sign. I'm always fighting for a cure of ALS and trying to make people think about us and donate money to our cause and hopefully cure. And I'm holding a sign there saying something like, together we will find a cure. And it is... Your video brought me to tears. Actually, several of your videos brought me to tears because in that moment when you're at the top and you are holding that sign, every emotion that I have, love, admiration, respect, joy <laughs> for that accomplishment comes together and I'm bawling because I'm simultaneously <laughs> frightened and over overjoyed at, at your accomplishment this leads to an opportunity to share. What would you like others to know about ALS? What can they do to be a voice in this disease? Well, uh, it's very uh, dependent on the individual. We have to respect the situation of or I'm lucky to be born and live in Iceland where we have public health insurance. So my wheelchair and my equipment all are paid by the government. You don't have to 
go around collecting money for that. And I believe some people are very, very busy just surviving for themselves and their family, of course. But once you accept this and stop spending your time trying and turn around and start living. It's very important. I spent the most boring time of my life dying in the first, first few months. But then I realized I, I was I would have so much more fun just to go out there and live life. Because I call it not sentence to die, but a sentence to live and enjoy. Because we get, get this time. Uh, as much as we like, a different time, but we can all use it wisely and enjoy it with our family, which is very important for me. I just say to people, uh, never spend one single day dying if you can possibly avoid it. Wow. uh, Spend your time living. And enjoying small things and big things. It's terrible to say, maybe, but I have never enjoyed life as much since I was diagnosed with ALS because that made me, and I do not recommend people to wait for them to get them ALS, but it made me starting enjoying life, and it started me enjoying uh, the small things. I was never home with my family. I was always working before. This has put our family, made it stronger and more, more working together through this enemy which is the disease. I am uh, speechless because you just dropped so much knowledge and inspiration. And I know for a fact that you are still working and you're working as a plumber in Iceland. We got to see the facility, which was incredible. And, but now, you know, you just said that your appreciation level your gratitude, your outlook, 
perhaps your, even your mindset changed with this diagnosis. So are there words of wisdom that you can share with our listeners about gratitude? Do you have a quote? Do you have a saying that you share? Because some people are living in fear and are not sure how to grow their gratitude as well as grow their resilience. And your example, you're living both. Never lose humor. It's a humor that will get you through so many things. It will find a way around these unbelievable obstacles you will meet on your journey with ALS and it will it will help you in so many ways. So I've tried to keep my sense of humor and I'm always up for a partner doing things with my work colleagues and accept for these days because of the COVID thing that has taken most of it away from us, but not for long. We will get through that as well as ALS, and I will get to my goal of changing the MND. Iceland into a coffee club or a bar or a beer something because we no longer have ALS around. That will be wonderful. Yeah. I know that, and those were also wise words, thank you, that you are a fan of cigars. And this has been such a great conversation. I'm going, and you made me laugh, so sense of humor is so important. I'm going to be, I know that sometime in my evening, I'm going to think of you having a cigar, and I'm going to have a little chuckle and relish, relish this conversation that I had with you today. I wanted to ask one last question, that is, if someone wanted to contact you or MND Iceland, how would they do so? if they can support your cause or learn more about you. It is our home page in Icelandic. Very understandable, but one page is in English and it's mnd.is. So it's uh, the easiest and then you can always Drop me an email and I try and solve all the world's problems. (laughs) Well, I'll send you a list of problems to solve, Gujan, and I will include I will include your information when we release this podcast in May. Please give my love to your beautiful girls. They're so lucky to have you, as you are lucky to have them. And thank you so much for chatting with me today, dear friend. Thank you. So my pleasure as always. Thank you. 
This is WCN. The Whole Care Network. You talk. We listen.